everybody. This is Crystal. And I'm Elle. And welcome back to Alternative Interests. Welcome back. It's very smoky here. <laughs> we might be dying in a bad air quality kind of way. It's actually a lot better, but I actually say that because um, the smoke this last week kind of wrecked havoc on my respiratory system, so <laughs> I'm going to be real sniffly and my throat like it comes in waves so i'll sound really clear for a, cl- a few minutes and then i'll be really scratchy so right now i'm scratchy bear with me please and i'm fine i yeah my lungs are slightly destroyed and yeah <laughs> i almost had to go get covid tested because my, oh. my boss was like worried you're showing a few symptoms and i was like haha the health department said people would I was going to say, I feel like a lot of those symptoms sound of COVID sound like multiple other things. So, Yeah, well, um, the Department of Health came out and said, like, if you experience X, Y, Z symptoms during this time. What if somebody actually has COVID? I bum, know. Bum, bum. Okay, well, Chris. Okay, guys. Sorry. I actually did have to go get COVID tested this morning anyway, but that's because I have health procedures next week that necessitate it Um, i have to have a negative test or they won't let me in i was about to say guys crystal has covid and i'm about to have covid now you're fine (laughs) jokes on me i don't have the rona until that test comes back negative we have no idea yeah i don't even know when it's supposed to come back like they swab my nose. And let me say, I was actually really nervous about it because so many people say like, oh, it hurts so bad. It was like nothing. Do they really stick it up your nose? Oh, it went way up there. Oh, I no, it. I can't. <gasps> but like, it wasn't that bad. My nose is very sensitive. Mine is too. But like, it I, when I tell you it wasn't that bad, I'm a baby. Oh, true. You know <laughs> I'm a baby. And it was not that bad. Okay. Like, I made the conscious out because like, I've gotten things pierced, so yeah. I, I kind of know how the uncomfortable drill goes. You kind of exhale during the bad part, and it's all fine. Oh, yeah. So I just made the conscious decision that it was like, okay, I know this is going to be bad, so I'm just going to exhale, and it was fine. Oh. Like, honestly. I mean, I've had a needle tube thing stuck up my nose to get a shot in my brain before. So, I mean, it's probably just as bad. No, that's pr- that sounds way worse. <laughs> I didn't have a needle going into my my brain. What? Um. So, for everybody who doesn't know, there's like a special procedure that you can do. Um. Get it's like a. Uh. They. I don't know what expect exactly. It, it was so long ago. It was right after was I suffered it, from migraines. Like some kind of steroid shot or something. Kind of. It's kind of like a steroid shot to prevent migraines, especially if they're in a certain area. So my doctor, because I was having such bad migraines and they were very concentrated on like one side of my head, there came a point where my doctor's like, okay, if we put this needle up your nose, basically, it's like a little tube needle, they poke your brain, it goes into your brain, like the medicine kind of stuff, whatever. That's, That's how we explain disgusting. Um, you don't have migraines for like six months. It was great. Oh my God. Yeah. But you have a literal needle in your brain. Kind of. But- I don't want a needle in my brain. <laughs> I only did it once because it was very uncomfortable and I was super scared. Yeah. Because you have a needle in your brain. Yeah. It was, it was weird. Oh, disgusting. Let's not talk about that anymore. Yep. Okay. Well, that happened to me. Okay. So. (laughs) Today. (laughs) 
uh, just as gruesome topic. <laughs> actually, yeah, this one. So I, I came across this case. I have heard so many people talk about this. I've seen it come up a million times, but I've never, I knew zero details about it. Same. So today we are going to talk about the pizza bomber case. Yeah, no, I've, I've heard the name and I've heard it mentioned, but I've never actually have no idea anything about it. So I'm so intrigued. Let me tell you, because maybe you're thinking the same thing I was when I before I started researching this, my idea of what this was about was like some rogue pizza delivery man who was like putting bombs in boxes and delivering them to people. Do you hear those dogs? Oh, Yeah. Sorry if you guys can hear the dog. I'm not. I live here and I have learned to tune them out. So like I kind of forget they exist. But my neighbor breeds golden retrievers and they are very noisy. So it sounds really cool. It sounds like a pack of like wolf dogs. Like Okay. Anyway. uh, No. Live with them all the time. (laughs) That is not what I was thinking it was. I thought it was somebody blew up pizza places. Okay. (laughs) I mean, both of them say, like, fair. I I mean, yeah, I don't know why that's where my brain went. Because pizza, like a pizza driver doing this makes more sense almost in the name. But someone targeting pizza places like Domino's overcooked my pizza and I'm going to bomb all the franchise locations. Yeah. They did me wrong. I don't know. It sounds like something I would do. Made my pizza wrong. Domino's doesn't have cheesy crust, but Pizza Hut does. Why you doing? Actually, I really like Domino's. I re- actually, yeah. Um, Taryn disagrees with me. Taryn really prefers Pizza Hut. I no. think they're too greasy. Yeah. I love Domino's, especially the like crust. the deep crust, the pan pizza. Mm. Yeah, that's my jam. I love pizza. I really love pizza. Mm. Okay, back to the case. <laughs> anyway, so. That is what we're discussing today. This one's going to be fun for you. So I'm going to ask you to put on your little investigator hat a couple of times. During... It's on. Yeah. Oh, it's on. Sorry. And we'll see if you did the same thing the the investigators choose to do because they choose to do some strange things. Oh, okay. So we're going to go back to September 20th, 2003 mm-hmm. in Erie, Pennsylvania. Okay. I think I knew it happened in Pennsylvania. I know that sounds, I, I, guys, I sound dumb right now, but. See, I didn't even know that much. Oh. Like, I knew nothing. I knew it happened. I knew it happened not over here on the West Coast. We're the West Coast. <laughs> we are the West Coast. West Coast, best coast. <laughs> no offense. I really love you, Virginia. Sorry. <laughs> we actually have a lot of East Coast listeners, so. I know. I love you guys. Please don't be offended that we said it's the best coast. We're going to talk about a man named Bill Rothstein. He was a 59-year-old unmarried handyman. Okay. He had lived his whole life in Erie. He was actually an engineer and a high school shop teacher. He was fluent in English, French, and Hebrew. That's so, kind of cool. Yeah, really cool. The Hebrew thing. Yeah, I the Hebrew really cool. throws me off a little. Like, as in, I was like, oh, it's like English, all right, French. All right, cool. Hebrew, what? He, he, wow, that's impressive. Yeah. yeah, it's like when you tell somebody, oh, yeah, I know, like, Japanese. And you're like, wow, Japanese. Yeah. I don't know. There's, like, certain languages where I'm like, yeah. wow. Where you're like, wow, that is some effort. That's impressive. And fluent, yes. Okay, and uh, people that knew him or people that 
talked to him over the course of this investigation said that he talked in you know that kind of scholarly way no. that smart people talk okay wait is it like oh you sound really smart and intriguing like and i want you to keep talking because it's cool or is it the oh you know a thing or you're two. You're kind oh, of a okay. pompous ass. Yeah. You think you know a thing or Eye two. Rolls. Um, I actually, based on what I read, it sounded like depending on who you talked to, it oh. was one or the other. So he could have been like legitimately intelligent. He sounds like he was legitimately intelligent. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, depending on the topic, maybe he was like, oh, oh <laughs> this is, I know this. Rolling his little mustache. His little French mustache. <laughs> no, he actually, um, he was more like, he looked more like a classic kind of Farmer Joe kind of guy with uh, overalls, a little bit heavy set. Uh-huh. That's what he looked like. Big beard, big mustache. But I mean, th- he sounds like a, ge- yeah. like generally a nice guy, right? Yeah. I, I picture him like, you know how guys like play with their beard with their hand and they kind of like hold it like this. Yeah. None of you can see what I'm doing, but Crystal can see. That's what I picture. Him just stroking his beard. Like, hmm. Well, pictures, so you know how, like, beards naturally have different shapes when they grow out? His was, like, the oval shape. Yes. Yeah. Was it, like, well kept? I don't know. It, it looked pretty neat in that's the photos I saw of him. It wasn't all good. scraggly and all over the place, so he took care of himself. That's good. Yeah. Is this well, the guy who, like, destroyed everything? Well, anyway, so, like, <laughs> this this day, he called the police and said, hey, I have a dead body in my freezer. Excuse me. <laughs> what? Yep. <laughs> Did he put it there? Well, you know, like a good police force, they got right on it. Okay, that's good. They took him into custody within a few hours. So, like, they took him seriously, which is a good thing. I feel like sometimes people are like, oh, I got a body. And they're like, haha, funny joke. Yeah. They actually took him seriously. So Okay, that's that's good. So they got him in custody and he started talking. And uh, he told cops that he had been agonizing over this body for weeks. What? Weeks he was uh, agonizing over it. Apparently he had even considered suicide because of this body. He had even drafted a full suicide note. I'm I'm still curious. Is he the reason the body's in there? Well, yes and no. Okay. So this the suicide note, because he had actually written a suicide note. Uh-huh. It was full of apologies about like apologies to people in general, to his children. And he very clearly states in the note he has nothing to do with the death of this man. Okay, but he still has a body in his, he had a body in his freezer. How did it just, did it just show up there? And he's just like, damn, what am I supposed to do with this now? I'm more like, he says he has nothing to do with it. But like, dude, you got the body in your freezer. You have something to do with it. Like, you can sit here and deny all you want. But like at the end of the day, there's a body in your freezer. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Like, what did he do? Wake up one day, one morning, and he's like, hmm, I'm going to get myself some ice cream. And then opens, is like, damn, there's a body in my freezer. Like, that's the only way. And even then, you didn't call anybody to say, right. um, I have a body in my freezer and I have no idea how it got here. Well, also, if you made that call, they'd be like, oh, yeah, you don't know. Let's arrest you right now. Anyway, this this body okay. uh, belonged to a man named James Roden. James Roden. And Bill told the story that his ex-girlfriend uh-huh. uh, named Marjorie Deal Armstrong had killed James 
and she had called Bill asking for help in taking care of the body. Uh, I already don't believe this. This is why we don't speak to our exes. Yeah, there's a reason exes are exes. So keep in mind, this is 2003. The two of them had dated in the 60s and 70s. What? Yeah. Were they like good friends or did they like never talk and then all of a sudden they started talking again? Well, they lived really close to each other. They live like within 10 miles of each other. Okay, but if I kill somebody, I'm not calling my ex. I don't know. That I dated in the 60s. I don't know. It's weird. Weird. That, does, but, that doesn't sound believable. Well, I mean, this it, investigators determined that this story really was real. Okay. Uh, what, what? Really? Yeah. Marjorie had shot her live-in boyfriend. So she, okay. Marjorie and James were living together and dating. Uh-huh. She had shot him over a disagreement involving money because that is the most logical choice to get rid of your problems shoot them you're having a disagreement about money i don't know what else to do it looks like we gotta get the gun out yeah you know you don't leave them you you shoot them you don't work through your problems no never budget together no just get out the 12 gauge yeah that's the only like answer yeah so she she had called Bill and said she needed his help, one, to dispose of the body, and two, to clean up the crime scene that was her home. Okay. So I call my ex. Hey, ex, can you help me clean up a body in my house because I shot somebody? And then they willingly come over and then they put the body in their freezer for weeks? I know. It doesn't make any... I know. I, I don't know. like this at all. <laughs> You're not going to like any of this. Is this, and and this is all true. Like this is what happened, this or is you what just happened. You're not bullshitting. I'm it. not like leading you down like my double trail that I do sometimes. Mm. Not this time, because no, like this is what happened. Okay. So I mean, Bill agreed to help. I'm angry. All right. Um, one source I found was like a YouTube video that covered this. There's a lot of information that just doesn't exist about this anymore. It was 2003, so really it wasn't that long ago. But also, there's a lot of stuff I can't find. Like, I can't find original video of some press conferences. I can't really find 911 calls. I can find other people who have them. But they're, like, older versions of, like, people who have covered this. Yeah. So, based on this one video, they said that Marjorie gave Bill $2,000 for the help. So, I mean, he's got a little incentive to... Two thousand dollars I don't think is enough maybe money he, to hide a body in my freezer. Maybe he's secretly in love with her. I don't know. I would think. I never really considered that. I I think the only way I would do that if I was secretly in love with them, still, to this day. I'd be like, you know what, for you I'd still do anything. You'll you'll see that there's uh, no love lost between these two. Okay. <laughs> never mind then. Disregard that whole thing. <laughs> Well, Bill decides to help. He does a pretty thorough job. He actually okay. melts down the 12-gauge shotgun that Marjorie wow. used. Wow, he's detailed. And then he distributed around the city in, like, multiple areas. He, like, took the melted pieces and, like, put them in various trash cans. Okay. Apparently, <laughs> the plan for the body was to grind it up. Okay. But Bill couldn't go through that, and I don't blame him at all because that is disgusting. Reminds me of the you episode. Yes. <laughs> that was a gross episode. Like with the hand sticking out of the grinder and like slowly moving down. 
you you know Sorry. why this is actually more gross to me probably than it is to you is because I have used those industrial grinders. Okay. If we really want to put it that way, then yes. Because I know how they work and they're not how everyone thinks they work. I just feel like I'd hear it. And you I'd would. just be like, oh. it, it's not the, okay, this is really demented of me. I don't think the fact that it's a human body would bug me. It would it's be the, the sound. It'd be the noise. I'm not a noise person. I don't like noises. So I'm going to tell you right now, those industrial grinders that you have like in your gro- your local grocery store, because I worked in the meat department for eight years. Um, I used to do this. I wasn't supposed to, uh, but my meat manager needed help sometimes and I would go and do the ground beef for him. Um, there are no blades. So it is literally just crushing the meat. Oh. Which is why this is so disgusting to me, because the bones would not get chopped up. They would get crushed and not uh, you're kind of like putting your fists together. Yeah. Like, like, like a crushing. car crushing. Yeah. No. What? It's like the very bottom of the the well that you put the meat in. Oh, there, this is so it looks, gross. It looks like a giant thick screw. So it's spiraled. And the meat chunks get caught in this and basically ferried down to the bottom where there's like a little hole and the meat is shoved into it. And the force of this giant screw turning just forces the meat. So it's like the meat is crushing the meat and it gets pushed through a little plate that has holes in it. And that is how you get ground beef, everybody. Because you're listening to a true crime podcast, I'm assuming you can handle this. I threw up in my mouth. And um, <laughs> it is actually really cool to do. It was something I really enjoyed doing, but it's I'm picturing thinking the, about a human going through that is disgusting. That's what I was picturing a human with all the bones. And yeah. How does the boat gross? Okay, wait. Actually, I this is now a tangent. Would the bones even break up in there? Uh, they could. Yeah. They could. Okay. Probably not. It, I'm not like, debating anything. I'm just asking. <laughs> Clarification. <laughs> I feel like you would have to like break them into smaller pieces. Like mm. you can't stick a full femur in there. Oh, yeah. But eventually, yeah. It's it's gross. Okay. Okay. So, so I understand why Bill could not go through with this. All right. Now I can. And apparently he called the police because he was afraid of Marjorie. And... You know, she shot her boyfriend. I'd be scared of She wants you to grind this body. Yeah. She already paid you money to do it. I'd be a little afraid, too. Yeah. I'd be afraid for her to come and shoot me because we didn't agree on something. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't seem Like very the timeline to get rid of the body. Yeah. Well, the Erie police moved really quickly, and mm-hmm. I swear I've never seen them move this fast because the next day they went out and arrested Marjorie. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, arrested. Yes. They went and they scooped her up real quick. Okay. Like fast, like going. Okay. Good, okay. good on them. Marjorie actually admitted she did this. What? This is going very smoothly. Yeah. Uh, there's actually video footage I saw of her. Just to let everyone know, there's a Netflix documentary about this called okay. Evil Genius, uh-huh. and they have a lot of footage and stuff. In the trailer for Evil Genius, you see video of Marjorie in her police, uh, not police, her um, inmate yeah. getup, and she's like, I'm not denying I shot him. I will fully admit I shot him. 
Yeah, she like fully admitted. So she pled guilty but mentally ill. Okay. I had never heard of this before. Neither have I. I thought it was one or the other. Well, so I, that's what I thought too. So I looked it up. Apparently, basically in some jurisdictions, you plead not guilty by reason of insanity. In other jurisdictions, you plead guilty but mentally ill. Technically, they're the same thing. Okay. They're the same thing. It sounds like they're the same Basically. thing. The whole idea is the defense hopes that the defendant will get committed to a psychiatric facility and not to prison. Okay. Is the whole reason for this. Isn't like a psychiatric facility just as bad? If not worse. I mean, it depends mm-hmm. um, yeah. if they're well-funded and well-staffed. Yeah. and Okay. But it's still preferable to prison. You have more freedom oh, in okay. a psych facility. Yeah. And... Actually, one source mentioned that if you're committed to a psych facility, you don't actually have a set duration you're there. So, like, when you're Mm. sentenced to prison, you get a a sentence of however many years. When you go to the psych facility, it's basically you're there until you're better. Oh, okay. Which is a good thing, and it could be good, it could be bad. Double-edged sword. Yes. But Marjorie received a sentence of 7 to 20 years. Okay. I mean, for killing somebody when she's... How old is she? Uh, I don't know how old she was at this point. Mm. I think she was in her late 50s, I believe. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, because, I mean, best so, case scenario, she gets out when she's old and decrepit. And yeah, she can't do anything anyway, hopefully. Well, keep her away from. Oh God, Crystal gave me a look. No, no, not so true. There was a guy recently who was released. He was like in his mid eighties or something yeah. like that, and he went out and murdered a girl. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, I didn't say that she wouldn't. I was about to say just keep guns away from her, but <laughs> I mean that makes it dark. Okay, at yeah. any age you can kill people. Mm-hmm. I mean, so. wow. Unfortunately, Bill actually died of lymphoma in July of 2004. Oh, poor Bill. So any criminal charges he might have gotten for storing this dead body in his freezer, he never really got brought up on because mm. he died. I mean, okay. So crazy enough, Margie was actually really well known to law enforcement before this oh because of some issues with some previous romantic partners of hers previous romantic partners so did bill actually get sick (laughs) no in 1984 she was charged with murdering her boyfriend because she shot him six times shot him six times yep wait why didn't she get like be in prison longer i'll get into that so A couple of weird things about that trial was according to some high school classmates of hers in high school, she was actually like ridiculously smart, Uh perfect student, really, um, really good at just like when you picture perfect student, that was what she was. Okay. And she was basically a human encyclopedia for literature of all kinds, oh. history and the law. Okay. So that's a little scary for somebody to get a little crazy. Um by the time of this shooting, the shooting that boyfriend six times, 
her mental state had changed. So she wasn't the same girl everyone knew in high school. Okay. She was actually diagnosed with bipolar disorder mm. as well as having narcissistic and paranoid tendencies. Oh. Um, mm. I don't think in the 80s, uh, narcissistic personality disorder and a couple of per- paranoid personality disorders, I don't think they existed back then. Yeah. But it sounds like, like retroactively doctors are like, yeah, she probably had this. Okay. She also seemed to have like zero ability to shut her trap because she talked, <laughs> talked and talked and talked. Is there is is there mental illness for not being able to shut up? <laughs> Word vomit everywhere. <laughs> this comes up later. She oh. cannot keep her mouth shut. That isn't good when you keep killing people. Right. Keep a damn secret. Yeah. That doesn't no. So she was actually deemed mentally incompetent to stand trial. Uh, but she's really smart. And not like, once. Not once. Not twice. Oh my god. Not three times. What? Seven times. She jumped from three to seven. <laughs> seven times she was deemed unfit to stand trial. Wait, does that mean she just like had to go to court sometimes or she killed seven people? That was seven different psychiatrists evaluated her to see if she was mentally fit to stand trial for and this. She, they and all said they no. They all said no. Holy crap. A judge overruled them and said, no, nah, she'll stand trial. Um, Which is weird to me because he's not a mental health professional, but okay. You do you, boo-boo. I mean, I, I guess. So, in a testament to how bad her mental state was... Uh-huh. While investigators were combing through her house to find evidence of this shooting, because she actually claimed it was self-defense, okay, they found 400 pounds of butter and 700 pounds of cheese rotting in her house. Uh, d- does she explain why? No one explains why. I saw this in multiple places. They talked about the 400 pounds of butter and 700 pounds of cheese. And no one explains why. Who needs that much butter and cheese? No wonder it's rotting. Hoarder. Oh. That makes sense. But like. Maybe she got mad because her boyfriend didn't want her hoarding cheese and butter. No idea. (laughs) Um, She claimed self-defense and the jury acquitted her. What? She never went to prison. I mean, okay, the all the doctors said she shouldn't have been put on trial anyway, so you know what? Not surprised. Yeah. Um and then so that was 1984. Okay. In 1988, oh, God. she had a husband. Oh god. Sweet hubby died of a cerebral hemorrhage. Sure, that's what we're going to call it. Well, actually, so I mean, it was a cerebral hemorrhage. It was just a very sudden death, really tragic, caused by her. He had a head injury when he arrived at the hospital. Uh, I mean, did he fall? Um, no one ever investigated it because the doctors didn't send it to the coroner's office. <sighs> I'm just lost for words. No one explicitly says she's responsible. But it sounds like she is. It is strongly implied. She killed her husband. Lovely. Is yeah. there, like... Never mind. They didn't actually look into it. I was about to be like, why would she kill him? But she probably had a reason. But, um, you know, I mean, that's that's like a really quick story. Justice served for James Roden. 
Uh, Bill died. Marjorie's in jail. Everything's mm-hmm. great. The episode is over. Wait, what? Except it's not. What? Oh. <laughs> I'm, I was about to be like, wait, yeah. Uh, where's the pizza coming? <laughs> now shit is going to hit the fan. Uh, okay. Uh, I don't know why I always do this, and I'm really sorry, but this is another one of those, like, things get convoluted, and things are confusing, so if you're confused, it's because I'm confused, too. I tried really hard to keep the timeline straight, but it is... Is she pizza person? She's involved. She's involved. So, you remember Bill had that suicide note? Yeah. That, I mean, he never really actually went for suicide, but he wrote the note. Yeah. Well... There's a very important statement in that note that I didn't mention. Oh, okay. We're leaving stuff out. I see how you are. It was actually the very first sentence. The very first sentence. Of his suicide note. Oh, God, I'm ready. Do you have your investigator cap on? Fitting it on. Okay. Are you ready? So right now, you the only thing you know about is uh, the history of Marjorie and, you know, she yeah. has these Weird other things tendencies. in her past. You know that Bill called. He's got the body. That is all you know right now. Yes. You pick up this suicide note and you read. This has nothing to do with the Wells case. What's your first thought? This has everything to do with the Wells case. But also, you're not familiar with the name Wells, right? That is also true. Who is Wells? You would think they'd ask those questions. Oh, no. But they didn't. Um... So when you said that the police dropped the ball, but everything else was super quick, I was like, oh, yeah, they're doing their job. And now I'm just like, well, damn. Yeah, they um, <clears throat> they just kind of disregarded that part of his note. I don't know why. Because he said it has nothing to do with it. Of course. Yeah, I'd, I would hope that that would be your first thought. But they were just like business as usual let's keep going i don't know who wells is we don't need to know so who's wells so (laughs) do you i'm gonna cut them a little bit of slack because they were dealing with a literal frozen dead body maybe they had their hands full maybe i would think that at the very end someone would be like you know they're cataloging evidence yeah. to, to file it for long-term storage. Yeah. I feel like somebody would have been like, because you know, you get curious, you read things as you're looking through them. Yeah. I feel like somebody would be like, did anyone check in on this Brian Wells thing? Yeah. No. Okay. Let's just stick it in storage. We're good. <laughs> I'm gonna go back in time and I'm gonna tell you what the fuck is going on with the Wells case. Yeah, what is the Wells case? Thank you. <laughs> August twenty third, uh, August twenty eighth, two thousand three. Okay. Brian Wells was working his shop, his shift at a pizza delivery. Uh, he was a pizza delivery man at a cute little pizza shop called Mamma Mia's Pizzeria. Oh my god. I really like adorable. saying it. It's really cute. Mamma Mia Pizzeria. So <laughs> reports differ for how long he actually worked there. One mm-hmm. report said 10 years. One uh, other said up to 30. Okay. He'd been working there for a while. Okay. So he's an older guy. He is, he's an older guy. I was picturing um, a little kid. No. Not like he, a little like, kid. like photos of him he looks like he's easily in his 40s or 50s okay in that entire time 
Mm-hmm. He had only called out once, and it was because his cat died, <gasps> which is just the sweetest it's thing. It's so precious. Basically, this guy is like a model employee. Yeah. At 1.30 p.m., Mamma Mia's Pizzeria mm-hmm. gets a call for two small pizzas to be delivered to an address. Okay. It was technically the end of Brian's shift, but... Him you know, being the star. Yes. He agrees to take the delivery. It'll just be his last one of the day. It's fine. So oh, no. He leaves the shop at about 2 p.m. to make this delivery. Uh-huh. The delivery location was very remote. The address he got didn't actually take him to a house. It took him to a television um, transmission tower area. So the FBI wants pizza. (laughs) Well, it was actually in the middle of town. Like, it's not like this really way out in the middle of nowhere. It's only a quarter mile off a really, really busy street. Okay. But it's down a dirt road and it's like... Still creepy. Very obvious that this is not a home. Maybe some transmission mechanics just want... Pizza. Want pizza for lunch. Yeah, maybe. Everyone's got to eat. And everybody lo- should should love pizza. I was going to say everybody loves pizza, but not everybody loves pizza. Yeah. I don't want to assume. So somehow, in the span of an hour, this innocent pizza delivery turns into a bank robbery. What? Why would you rob a pizza guy? I'm sorry, but that's like really crappy of you. No, no. Uh, Brian. What? Is the one who does the robbing. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait. Pause. Backup. Our star employee, pl- employee of the month, employee probably of the year for the last 30 years, is robbing these guys? Robbing a bank. Robbing, he's robbing a bank. Yeah, so he walks into PNC Bank. He's carrying a short cane. He has uh, a weird lump under his shirt. And he actually is wearing like a second shirt on top of his normal shirt so guys looking weird okay brian hands the the bank teller a note that said gather employees with access to the vault work fast to fill bag with two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. you have 15 minutes uh i thought he was delivering pizza not anymore not anymore wait is this ha- after he delivered those two pizza? like it I don't know what to think of this. I'm really confused. After handing that note over to the bank employee, he actually picks up, like he lifts his shirt to show them this contraption hanging from around his neck. Oh. And it's a bomb strapped to his neck. Okay. Yeah. So this might not be like his choice. No. So... The teller comes back and she's like, you know, bank policies, da da da. We can't get in the vault within fifteen minutes. There's just no way. So uh here's eight thousand seven hundred and two dollars. Goodbye, sir. Cause that's all she had access to. Definitely not two hundred and fifty thousand. Yeah. Well, he takes it and he walks out of the bank. And That's that's it? Well, It's time to put your your investigator cap back on. Okay. Cap on. Okay. So you're a guy. Okay. With a bomb strapped around your neck. Uh Uh-huh. And you are robbing a bank. Yes. What is the last thing you would do? Uh, 
leave. Well, I, I, what, what would be the lat? I have no idea. I'm. Would you, would you take a sucker from the bank teller's bowl and start eating it on your way out of the bank? No, no, that's definitely not what I would think Super of. Super casual, right? Yeah. That's what Brian did. Hey, I have a bomb stuck to my neck, but um, this might be the last sucker. My blood sugar's a little, a yeah. little low, so I'm going to take this dum-dum. Cherry's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> so he's walking out of the bank. He's sucking on this dum-dum. He gets in his car, and he drives away. That's it. The bank employees call 911, and they're like, hey, we were just robbed. And uh, this is what the guy looks like. Fifteen minutes later, they actually catch up with Brian. He's in a McDonald's parking lot. Okay. And he was outside of his vehicle when they caught up with him. Uh huh. So they kind of threw him to the ground, handcuffed him. Another really easy case for the eerie police. Wow. They're, they're just doing their job but not doing their job. Well, Brian... Uh, seeing as he's handcuffed and he ain't got nowhere to go, starts talking. We got a lot of talkers in this story. I was going to say, nobody can keep their mouth shut, apparently. Yeah, he uh, also cannot keep his mouth shut. He says that when he was making this pizza delivery Mm -hmm. of these two pizzas, he was attacked by a group of black men. And they held him at gunpoint. They strapped this bomb around his neck and they were forcing him to rob the bank. Sure, let's act like that's true. <laughs> that's kind of what state police were thinking. And he was like desperately pleading with them. He's like, Can you, Brian, is like, there's video of him because this was all on live news. Oh because my God. the media caught up really fast. So there's news footage, and I, I've watched it with my eyes of Brian sitting on the ground his hands are cuffed behind him and he's telling police he sounds actually really calm he's like hey maybe you guys could go get the key for this to get it off me or something like this is a bomb it's gonna go off and he literally says I'm not lying I mean if he's this calm right like that's really weird it is really weird you think he'd be kind of like if I had a bomb strapped to my neck, I'd be pretty I'd be freaking out. Right. So, I mean, at one point he actually does start to tell police, hey, maybe you guys can go get the key for this. I don't think I have enough time to go get them now, which is weird. I don't think I have enough time to go get them. Well, you're sitting in a McDonald's parking lot. So uh, I think you should have like planned to go get the key before you went and got your happy meal. <laughs> police didn't believe so they don't believe him i saw a video about this and it was done by i think it was a scottish guy um he's on youtube it's called tales from the bottle okay i like he it. was he was so funny he's like if i took a paper bag and i put it on your front porch and wrote bomb in all capital letters how long would you wait to call the police because they <laughs> waited 30 minutes what This guy is saying he has a bomb. They didn't call the bomb squad for 30 minutes. Um, I, if, if I was a police officer, somebody said I have a bomb around my neck. I'd be like, you know what? This is above my pay grade. (laughs) Maybe we should get some pros in here. Yeah. They waited 30 minutes. What if the bomb went off? 
So at 3.04, that's when they called the bomb squad because apparently they decided they were going to listen to this dude. Finally. Even if it's fake. Even if like, it, yeah. People call in fake bomb threats all the time. You always take them seriously. I was going to say, did this, this bomb could have blew up and then they all would have been dead. So while waiting for the bomb squad to arrive, because they can't really do anything. I, they, they clear the scene. They have I low-key want this bomb to go off. <laughs> Uh, the officers are standing there with their guns drawn on him because obviously this guy is wearing the bomb. So if he decides to uh, be do anything and like run into the crowd, like they'll stop him. Yeah, okay. Apparently, Brian asked several times if anyone had called his boss. Um, I might be a little late for work, or I need to tell him that I haven't clocked out yet. <laughs> I know this delivery is taking a really long time, but I am literally here being held up by the police yeah can somebody please call my boss <laughs> i'm surprised he didn't call his boss like hey i need to go rob a bank real quick it's also 2003 cell phones weren't like payphone yeah maybe i don't know i don't know you've also got a bomb around your neck you don't yeah. have time to be dilly-dallying but you have time to go get freaking spicy mcchickens you'll know why he's there oh okay there's a reason he's there oh okay okay this little device not little it's actually quite large starts beeping Oh, no. And Brian, it is so sad because you can see they don't show the whole thing. Keep in mind, this was all live on the news. Oh, no. I didn't mean it when I said I wanted the bomb to go off. When it starts beeping, he's he's actually sitting leaned up against a police vehicle. (gasps) You can see him, like, like, arch his back, like really uncomfortably he like the sound in the videos is not very good like you can't hear the beeping but you know the second it starts because his whole body language changes he changes from like kind of casual slouchy to like arching his back super far back and the bomb explodes and this was shown on live television oh my god did it like blow up him his whole body um so just upper half so he was kind of violently thrown backwards a huge gash got ripped in his neck and there was a five inch like hole into his chest oh my god So he died this was 3 18 p.m when the bomb detonated the bomb squad arrived at 321 are you freaking kidding me yeah i feel like Slight police should be held responsible for that negligence. You'll you'll kind of see that it actually doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. No. After the bod squad arrived, they cleared the scene. Police began collecting and sorting through all the evidence that they had. Obviously, now the bomb squad says it's safe. Um, remember, <laughs> yeah, bomb already went off. Yeah. Remember, I said Brian was kind of carrying a cane. Yeah. It was actually a gun. It was oh. like a fancy homemade oh. gun. Ooh. Sorry. That's kind of cool, though. Kind of. Uh, the bomb itself, also obviously homemade, uh-huh. but it was like the weirdest mishmash of like thrown together crap. Yeah. I'm going to read this quote from Wired.com because the way they explained it, like they explain everything about how the bomb was built. It's kind of interesting to hear. Okay. So it says, quote, the device consisted of two parts, a triple banded metal collar Mm -hmm. with four keyholes and a three digit combination lock. 
so that's here around his neck. An iron box containing two six-inch pipe bombs loaded with double base smokeless powder. So when I say this thing was big, like six inches hanging from his neck in a box. Big. Oh, it's probably really hard on your neck. The hinged collar locked around Wells' neck like a giant handcuff. Okay. Investigators could tell they had been built using professional tools. The device also contained two Sunbeam kitchen timers and one electric countdown timer. It had wires running through it that connected to nothing. These were decoy wires to throw off the bomb squad. Yeah. And stickers were on it in various places bearing deceptive warnings. The contraption was a puzzle in and of itself. Unquote. So, like, this thing was... Yeah. It was meant to be, like... Confusing. Hard to figure out. So, that was one major piece of evidence they had. The other evidence they had was a series of handwritten notes found inside Brian's Geometro. When I think of something called handwritten notes, I'm thinking of, like, scribbles on, like, post-it notes or something like that. No, no, this was nine pages of instructions detailed instructions for brian nine pages of detailed instructions with like drawings and diagrams and nine pages okay somebody really needed brian's help apparently so the notes were addressed to the bomb hostage and there were instructions that he needed to rob the bank there were also crazy instructions he had to follow for this ridiculous scavenger hunt around the city to find the key and combination codes so that he could get this bomb off. So when he was telling Aww. police, maybe you can go find the key, he was literally telling them, you need to go find the key. Or else I'm going to die. Yeah. Maybe he shouldn't have been so calm. Basically, this was a real life Saw movie that this guy was going yeah. through. Like I said, the notes had drawings, they had maps, they had threats sprinkled in there. And in true Saw-like fashion, um, if he completed the tasks in time, he would, he was promised he would get keys and like codes so that he could get this bomb off. Uh Two quotes I saw, or a few quotes I saw from the notes is, Mm -hmm. um, there is only one way you can survive and that is to cooperate completely. So basically like, dude, do what we're telling you to and you'll be fine. Do you want to play a game? (laughs) The next one, the next quote was, this powerful booby-trapped bomb can be removed only by following our directions. Act now, think later, or you will die. Is it all in all caps? Yep. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would probably listen to the notes. So, what also really interesting, the notes specified a timeline for him. Oh. So, the, the bomb was going to detonate in 55 minutes. Okay. But, like, they split the time frame of these tasks he had to do into neat little time frames, like, for convenience for him. Oh, yeah. Detailed instructions are always great. <laughs> the bank heist, according to the note, should take no more than 20 minutes. This explains why he was telling her 15. The, the note told the bank teller 15 minutes. Uh-huh. Driving around and following the scavenger hunt clues should take 25 minutes. And that gave him 10 minutes of wiggle room in case something happened. There were actually included in these pages of notes. There was uh, the note for the bank teller was written for him. Okay. There was a a note um, that if he got pulled over by police, he could give them to be like, 
I, I didn't see what it said, but I'm assuming it's something along the lines of this is strapped around me. I have no choice. Let me do this and then come find me later. Something like that. Uh-huh. Just to like tell police, hey, this is something serious. So um, thinking cap, get okay. it on. Thinking cap on. It's still on. Um, <laughs> Been on. <laughs> with all of this evidence that you have, the, the bomb and the notes. Yeah. What do you do? I look into this bomb and notes and try to figure out who has the ability to freaking do this. Like, So they decide to follow the scavenger hunt. Oh, my God. Honestly, it makes the most sense, right? Obviously, he didn't make it far enough. So the note, they read through the note. Brian was actually supposed to be at the McDonald's for the next clue. That's why he was there. Oh, okay. So wasn't to grab a snack. It was under the, you know, the the M arches, the little sign for the drive through. Yeah. Under that was a rock with a note taped to the bottom of it. Mm-hmm. And that's why he was there. So I'm, I'm calling this a scavenger hunt because it's a literal scavenger hunt. Sounds like a literal scavenger hunt. Some people say Brian had made it to this note and some people don't. And I don't know which is true Mm -hmm. i'm more inclined to think that he had made it to the note but he had not made it to the next step yet yeah that meant that he couldn't have followed the instructions on this note he found what did the note say uh he was to go to peach street to a random wooded area to find a container with orange tape and inside that container would be the next instructions this sounds like the worst scavenger hunt so peach street perks up some ears that is where bill rothstein's home was but peach street is actually um u.s route 19 it's a very very peach street to me sounds like a cute little neighborhood it's actually a very big road it's like uh, maple valley highway goes through maple valley it's a big road yeah um it's just peach street happens to be the name that it has while it's going through erie police go to find this note they find the container they find the note okay this note told them to go two miles south to a specific road sign and it said next to the road sign would be a jar in the woods nearby this sounds so creepy (laughs) it does and it's so complicated for a bank robbery right yeah like why not just go rob the bank come back come back will take the thing off of you. Right. I don't understand why. Because how are these people supposed to get their money? Right. So police get to this last note. They find the jar. The jar is empty. What the fuck? There's no note. At some point, police believe that whoever was sending Brian on this Mm. wild goose chase was watching. They saw him get caught by police, so they Mm -hmm. went to this jar, steal the note so that it severs the line. That's what I'm thinking, because no other thing makes... Because if Brian was doing it, then it's like, no big deal. Don't have to worry about it. But if the cops are doing it, uh, maybe we need to... Because, I mean, they knew Brian had all of this information on him. It was only a matter of time before police started following the scavenger hunt. So yeah. it was just like, you know, there's a couple of stops along the way. Why don't we go to this one a couple notes down? They won't be there yet. We'll grab that. Yeah. They won't find us. Smart. So 
apparently I saw in a couple places that police were really focusing on all the details because in a case this weird, you have to focus in on everything. Mm-hmm. So remember I said he was wearing a shirt on top of the bomb. Yeah. On top of his shirt. Yeah. Apparently there was like, it was like a guest t-shirt, like the low, the company guest. So it had the oh, big guest yeah, 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 on yeah. his chest police were reading so far into it they're like what if it's a taunt from the killers saying guess who like or maybe that's just what they had that right in that's, his size. that's what i'm thinking like that's a little too far i get it you want to solve the case but i that's a little of a stretch for me that's a big stretch for me at the same time they're going on a literal scavenger hunt so it's also not unreasonable to think that these people would do something as stupid as give the guy a guest t-shirt as a taunt. Yeah. Yeah, true. So I know the FBI got involved. Oh. I couldn't find any timeline saying when they got involved. I figure it has to have been really early because I think on bombing cases, the FBI kind of automatically comes in. Yeah. So federal agents actually determined and this is really really sad they looked at the bomb they analyzed the bomb the makeup yeah how it was built they determined that this collar was so complicated that essentially once the bomb went on brian it wasn't ever meant to come off oh really sad that is super sad they were so sure of this because it's like, how can you really be sure, though? Yeah. Um, they were so sure. They actually had to decapitate Brian's dead body to get the <gasps> collar off him. Oh. So, like. So, like, the scavenger hunt was useless. Basically. What I wonder what the end would have been, though, if it really wasn't, like. Um, like what the point of it all was yeah i think um they kind of get into that later oh okay i was supposed to be like just somebody's just a sick bastard (laughs) this gets so complicated so fast oh it's already complicated my brain right now Uh, so they also analyzed the bomb and the notes and they came up with like you know criminal profiling yeah i love profiles they They're didn't fun. come up with a full profile but they came up with a skills profile of oh. like who would have built this somebody really smart um they said essentially it would be a group not a single person so they they were pretty multiple certain people it was multiple people okay they would be hoarders hoarders oh they would be skilled in building with wood and with machinery uh and they would be well-established members of the community this sounds familiar it does sound familiar hmm 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 okay okay so Federal agents got the delivery address. They went to, I'm going to say the full name because it's just so fun to say Mama Mia's Pizzeria because <laughs> it's so cute. They got the delivery address. So they go to this address to kind of comb it apart and see what yeah. they can find there. They found Brian's footprints and they found tire tracks matching his Geo Metro. So they're okay. like, okay, cool. Like, he was this, here. This checks out. Unfortunately, there were no real signs of like a scuffle or evidence to point out. Like, 
it's it's a dirt road. There's tire tracks everywhere. They can't be like that. Looks like the killer's tire track. Like let's just go for all the tire tracks. For the most part, <laughs> most tires on most cars or, aren't distinctive. The Geo Metro does have distinctive tires because it's such a small vehicle. Oh yeah, but like sense. most other tires, you're yeah. not gonna know. Birkin tires. So they kind of hit a standstill with evidence here. Of course, it's still gonna stay cordoned off while they search. But that was just like the first day they were like, oh man, yeah, not a lot here. We got to dig deeper. Okay. So a journalist and a photographer from a local newspaper, were they were doing their jobs. Mm-hmm. They were snooping. That's what they do. Woo-hoo. Snoops. Um, Peach Street, I mentioned, is this big main road going yeah. through town. The area where the pizza delivery happened is on a dirt road. You turn off Peach Street onto the dirt road to get there okay um on the corner where peach street and the dirt road touch Mm -hmm. there's a house right there okay the distance from this house which is on the corner to the delivery address is a quarter mile i also put it's a third of a kilometer or about a five minute walk it is not far yeah okay that doesn't sound bad so the area was still cordoned off. So the photographer and the reporter couldn't actually get down there to see anything. But they saw a man pacing around outside that house I mentioned. They decided to go talk to him. Uh, I would. So I actually looked up because um, an article mentioned that this property was pretty big. Mm-hmm. Um, tax records actually show that this land is um, two acres, but it's not square. It's actually long and skinny. Oh, and okay. it goes right on that road. So theoretically, the back of this guy's property, you could get a looky-loo at the crime scene going. Oh. So these two are like talking to this guy. He introduces himself as Bill Rothstein. And they say, hey, Bill, can you can you walk us to the back of your property? And he says, sure. They... um. They kind of beat through the bushes for about 15 minutes because it's mm-hmm. it's thick brush on his property. Ultimately, they couldn't actually see anything, which was kind of a disappointment. Yeah. They ended up leaving. Not asking him if he saw anything? Not. Well, I think, like, he was just kind of pacing around outside. Um, paces in their yard. Weirdos. Okay. They only really spent 15 minutes with him because their focus is to get in to look and try and get photos of like the investigation happening they couldn't get it so they kind of left oh okay now remember bill said that uh when he called the police about the dead body in his freezer that was september 10th and uh he had said to police when he told them the whole story that it was mid-august when he had been called by marjorie to pick up the body This is August 29th that these two are talking to him. So they were talking to him at the same time he was hiding a dead body. Oh, that makes sense why he's pacing outside. (laughs) He's got a lot of cops swarming around and he's got a dead body. I don't want to say poor guy, but he just brought on a lot of unnecessary stress to himself. Yeah, so this kind of takes us back to uh, the beginning. Oh, I'm sorry. I said September 10th. It was September 20th that Bill called. Sorry. But still, he said it was mid-August, and he's got this body when he's talking to these two reporters. I'd be nervous, too. 
So there isn't a whole lot that happened with the investigation this early on because it was moving really slow. I would think. No one connected this man pacing outside his house like a weirdo, living right next to where Brian says he was attacked. No one thought to question him. Wait, that's what I was saying. I was like, why aren't people questioning No one Bill? thought to question him. Uh, eventually, they make the connection. Not because of his suicide note, but because Marjorie starts flapping her jaw. Oh, my God. Um, April 2005, a couple years past this whole bombing thing, um, she had been serving five months of her sentence for killing James Roden. She told a state police officer that James Roden's murder was absolutely connected to the pizza bombing case. And she wanted to be moved from where she currently was at the state penitentiary to a minimum security prison in Cambridge Springs. So, okay, this state and if she got moved, she would tell them everything. Oh, okay, okay. So the state penitentiary is in Muncie and that is four hours away from Cambridge Springs. Pretty far distance. Cambridge Springs is only about... 40 minutes from Erie. I don't know if she was trying to get closer to Erie for some reason. It seems like it. Or maybe it was just... Trying to break out. Maybe it was just coincidence that she was in a minimum... Like, she wanted to go to minimum security and minimum security just happened to be closer to Erie. I'm not sure, but it's what she wanted. Trying to break out. Or maybe she just... Visitors. Or just minimum security, you have more freedoms. That too. Yeah. My first thought here... Is that uh, this woman was deemed incompetent to stand trial 20 some years ago, seven times. So why are we going to listen to her when she said she knows about this random pizza bombing case? Because um, I'm stumped, actually. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> I don't get it. Um, investigators believed that she had the kind of mind that was capable of thinking up this crazy, overly elaborate plan. I mean, maybe. And um, they also thought because of her mental illness and the fact that she cannot keep her damn mouth shut, mm-hmm. loose lips sink ships. And uh, she would not be able to keep the secret for long. And she had to tell about Mm. her involvement so basically they kind of humored her and like you know if she was involved with this she's gonna spill everything yeah apparently there were also several witnesses that had also come forward before marjorie had like started talking that said that marjorie had actually told them in detail about this crime and how she was involved with it okay was bill involved because I'd low-key believe it. But then again, he was getting really, like, and he called the police on himself with the with the body. So never mind. I wouldn't, actually, because it seems like that would have eaten him alive. Yeah. So um, one of the witnesses that came forward actually kept notes about their conversations, which is, like, interesting. I hope. I don't, I don't know how to word this. I hope I never become so suspicious of the people in my life that I keep notes about our casual conversations. You know what? I kind of wish I kept notes of casual conversations, but like everything. Um. Anyway, in the notes, <laughs> in the notes they kept, 
Uh, they said that Marjorie had admitted to killing James, which, you know, she already did. She said it was because James had been part of this plot and he had actually threatened to call police and she didn't want the police to know. So she killed him to keep him quiet. Oh, you know what? That would make more sense of killing somebody. Uh, and that is the monetary dispute they had. Ah. Uh... It's all starting to fit. It's all starting to just mesh together. Yeah. And then is this why Bill was so inclined to help? Um, well, we'll figure out why. <sighs> uh, she met with the feds and initially, this woman, I don't know what to think about her. Initially, she says that she has nothing to do with it, but of she course. knew about it. And just like Bill saying he had nothing to do with the murder. I'm just hiding the body. Marjorie says, I had nothing to do with the bomb. I just gave them the kitchen timers for it. <laughs> I can hear Bill now. I had nothing to do with any of it. I just made the bomb. <laughs> <laughs> see it but the nod because i wasn't looking i wasn't looking at crystal it's kind of looking beyond or like just off to the side and then i look over at crystal like side-eyed her and she's just like her head is just going really fast nodding like yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> so now some real like brain exploding evidence starts coming oh really out. brain exploding from the bomb around her yeah. necks um <laughs> She told investigators that Brian Wells wasn't just some random guy they chose. What? He had actually been part of the plan and he knew about the plan. It wouldn't make sense why he's so calm the whole time. Yes. Because if the bomb would have went it off. It was supposed to be fake. That is what Brian believed. But it was real. He was led to believe the bomb was fake and he was never actually in danger. This whole scavenger hunt thing was just a way to make sure he could get out and away, but also kind of throw off police if something happened. Uh -huh. And then she also said that Bill Rothstein had been a part of the plan. Well, he made the bomb. Yes. Marjorie actually claimed that Bill wasn't just involved and he didn't just build the bomb, but the whole plan was his. It kind of, if he's as smart as you said he was, it would low-key make sense. I'm not sure what I believe. I I honestly don't know if he was like the, the huge mastermind or if he just like supplemented Marjorie. I really don't know. But she seems pretty psycho. So, so now, knows? like if we we're going to count here for a second. The amount of people involved in this weird-ass plan. Okay. We have Marjorie. Marjorie. We have Bill. Bill. We have James, uh -huh, who the boyfriend. is now not with us. Yeah. And we have uh, Brian. Why not add one more? What? There's uh, another? In 2005, another witness came forward and said that uh, people should look at, uh, the police should look at a man named Kenneth Barnes. Ooh. Who's Kenneth? Kenneth was an ex-television repairman turned crack dealer. Okay. 
because why not? Yeah. Um, why not throw them into the mix? A crack dealer would really round out this group of people. Yeah. They just need one more weird. They just needed a crack dealer and yeah. their hole. <laughs> yeah. So That's Kenneth, what they were missing. Kenneth apparently used to be fishing buddies with Marjorie. I don't know if that's like quote unquote fishing buddies or like (laughs) legitimately fishing buddies. I mean, they could have been fishing as well. I feel like fishing is probably a big thing there with like Lake Erie being right there. So it just makes sense. Okay. Actually, because everybody's connected to Marjorie as a whole, she's the mastermind behind it all. That's what I'm kind of thinking. Only makes sense. I know. And that's the only reason why I think it might not be completely Bill, Mm -hmm. but uh, this is another dude who can't keep his mouth shut. Uh, you know, you attract your your own people. Yes, yeah. like attracts like. Yeah. He was actually already serving time in prison oh, for, uh, for a drug charge. Oh, really? <laughs> no way. Um, Not a good crack dealer if you're getting caught. The feds offered him a reduced sentence in exchange for testimony. Take it. He did. Yeah. So uh, Kenneth did what Kenneth does best, and uh, he talked. <laughs> what did he say? Tell me a story, boss. Tell me a story. <laughs> um, I'll actually play a clip from his recorded confession later. Uh, oh. Um, if you're following along, so we we have a rough idea of who's involved. Uh, maybe kind of starting to piece together like how this all kind of came together. Yeah, because it's a little like. It, we are it, missing the why. Yeah. It's it's a really big piece. Kenneth kind of talks about why. Okay. Marjorie wanted to hire Kenneth as a hitman to kill her father. Her father. Okay. Are we talking because of like will stuff? Kind of. Apparently her father had a lot of money. Okay. And she was supposed to inherit it. Mm. I guess she was the only person left in the family. Um, that's my killed assumption. killed everybody else. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but in her opinion, he was blowing through the money and she didn't like it. Oh, of so, course. So uh, that meant less money for her to inherit and she was not happy with that. I wouldn't be happy either. <laughs> her great idea, I mean, <laughs> good thing your parents aren't rich. Oh, hey. <laughs> not like kill them for their inheritance rich yeah (laughs) i don't think i could bring myself to do that though no i don't think i could either like this whole thing her idea was that she would pay kenneth two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to kill her father so she could inherit his money i don't know how much money he had hopefully it was more than two hundred and fifty thousand dollars hard to laugh if it wasn't (laughs) with her and her mental issues it may not have been I don't know. Or she thought he had more than a, than he did. That is entirely true. To, possible, too. Um, so the, the problem with this plan, mm-hmm. because there aren't enough, apparently, there are not enough problems with the plan. No. The biggest problem is that Marjorie didn't have the money to pay no Kenneth. No way. So they had to rob a bank so she could have the money to because pay Kenneth. Because robbing a bank and keeping the money just doesn't make sense. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense at all. I mean, if you're going to rob a bank, go full ham and also do it to kill your dad. <laughs> yeah, so Kenneth claims he wasn't involved in the planning of the actual bank heist. Sure, Kenneth. 
he says there's holes in like his memory and stuff. Also, holes. dude's a crack addict. Okay. I fully believe there are holes in his memory. He probably doesn't totally remember. Yeah. <laughs> but he's able to give the feds enough information to corroborate what the feds have already pieced together, mm-hmm. as well as it matches up with other witness statements they have. So they're okay. like, they're taking this guy, like his story fits. Uh-huh. And that's why they're using it. It's not like they're twisting it to fit. It's like it legitimately fits Just... with the information they found already. Okay. So, in February of 2006, the feds go and they meet with Marjorie again. Mm -hmm. And they tell her that they have enough evidence to indict her for this whole thing. She loses her shit. Like, just angry. Yes. Throwing things. Uh, Actually, literally, yes. Oh, she did. Screaming. Screaming. Um, Okay. Her lawyer, she had a lawyer present with her. <laughs> Lawyer's like, calm down. Well, the whole thing is like, how did she not see this coming with like as much as she was flapping her jaw? Yeah, he's probably like, I don't get paid enough for this. <laughs> how dare you come and arrest me for something I told you I did? <laughs> Which, well, and then she was telling them that it wasn't her, but she, but she was involved. But she and, was involved, but it wasn't And then wasn't she's pointing her. the figure, finger at these two dead guys. That, which is really, really bad. Like, that's rude. That's rude. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't know how else to describe it, but rude. That's rude. <laughs> like, they're dead. They can't defend themselves. Right. It's also very convenient, right? It is, because then they can't prove themselves. Yeah, so, you know how, like... In every TV show, the lawyer is always like, I advise you to stop speaking right now. <laughs> uh, like when they're in the, the room yeah. with the cops. She was like, like literally losing her shit. I'm just imagining this poor lawyer like, please stop talking. Please stop talking. <laughs> please just fucking stop. stop <laughs> like, that's all I'm picturing. You're like, fuck, I can't do anything about this. Yeah. Damn. Uh, so there's no point in me being here anymore. So she's, oh my god, it's gonna get even worse. Oh no! So in a later, she decides to meet with the feds again. She she, she can't stop talking. Um, it's like, does she think this is gonna benefit her? Or? I don't. Well, you'll see what her plan was in just a second. So she agrees to go with the feds in a car and go for a nice uh, Sunday cruise with them and point out everywhere she was on the day that the bank robbery happened as well as what time she was there. And she was either in areas so she literally like pointed out some of the areas the clues were at and she was like yep i was there that day i was there that day she was within a mile of the bank the time the robbery was going on oh my god at the end of this nice drive she told investigators that she would not share any more information if she didn't get an immunity letter you're not getting getting an immunity letter. It's a little late for that. <laughs> yeah. Just a little late. You, you've given a lot of information. Like, she legitimately just told her them her whole day. Yeah. And in the years leading up to this, everything that she had had to see right now, my voice just took a huge tank. Yep, it did. Um, I heard it. <laughs> and Yeah. And uh, just so everyone knows, I mean, I didn't even edit anything out of that. It was like from one word to another, my voice just, woo, down the drain. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
it's just, who gave her the idea for an immunity letter? Is that just something she just fucking decocted? It could not have been her lawyer. I know it was not her lawyer. It most likely wasn't. Her lawyer's probably given up on her by now. I bet. It's probably, you know, those doctors did say that she was incapable and she was crazy, basically, of like yeah. trial and crazy. You know what? She probably thinks she is possible that it it is possible for her to get one. I don't know because she uh she seems a little not all there in the head. The answer's always no if you don't ask. Yeah, come on, Crystal, get yeah. up with the no. All right, so July two thousand seven. No, oh, uh, the U.S. Attorney's Office actually held a press conference and mm-hmm. they announced that they had, uh, they had actually. They had an indictment for Marjorie Deal Armstrong and Kenneth Barnes. Mm-hmm. Um, they also announced that Bill Rothstein and Brian Wells were both co-conspirators. Uh, during this press conference, uh, Brian's family, his sister, his mother, and his brother were present. And during the press oh. conference, they were like yelling at the district attorney from the back of the room they were like calling her a liar they were saying they were like heckling her from the back it was really sad because i I mean i feel like you should like talk to people about that before you just announce it i don't know if they did or didn't but like the family is still really outspoken that they believe brian had nothing to do with this yeah um the u.s district the u.s attorney said that they had information from over 1,000 interviews over oh the God. last four years. That's a lot. That's a lot. And so, I mean, their their story is pretty solid. Mm-hmm. A thousand interviews. That's a lot. So they kind of pieced together this story that Brian was part of the plans from the beginning. He was aware of the plan, but like only small parts of it. And yeah. he fully, I guess he agreed that he would do this if they had a fake bomb so that he was never in any danger. Yeah. On the other hand, Brian was never actually meant to live through it because he thought he was playing a hostage, but he, because uh, of the way the bomb was built. He actually was. It, which is really, really sad. The whole hostage angle, it was only really thought out enough to make it look real. Mm -hmm. But when you like scratch below the surface, like it was really easy to pull it apart. So um, Kenneth Barnes has this information that he gave in a taped confession. Brian delivered the pizza. He got out of the car. And Bill's car was in front of her car, and so he put it up on the hood, or on the uh, trunk, rather. And, uh, and Brian was standing there waiting to get paid for the pizza. Marge and me and Rothstein were eating pizza when Stockton brought the bomb out from around the back of the building. I don't know, probably within about three feet of Brian. And Brian, at that point, looked like he was terrified, but like he knew there was something wrong and started to run. That's when I walked up to him, I said, come on, quit being such a puss, you know, and I smacked him on. And that's when Rothstein pulled out the gun and shot in the air. He told me he wasn't going anywhere. Margie and, and Rothstein grabbed a hold of him, tackled him down, and uh, they were holding him, and Margie and, and uh, Stockton put the bomb on him. And uh, 
he said, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. And uh, I don't know if at that point he thought it was real or if he thought it was fake or what the situation was. So that's really sad that basically they brought the bomb out and it's like Brian saw it and he knew that something was wrong and he tried to run. That's so sad. But then at the same time, something happened between being terrified and having this literally like forced onto him to Mm -hmm. him being like super calm at the bank. Yeah. So maybe they convinced him it wasn't real. Um. Some sources think that Bill Rothstein, like I said, was the true mastermind. Yeah. I don't know what to think either way. Um, he was educated enough. And some articles say that he was pompous enough that he could have thought of this crazy plan, like mm-hmm. making it elaborate on purpose just to prove that, like, he's smarter. I don't know. Um. Some articles argue that Marjorie could not have thought this up because of how scatterbrained she was. Mm, that makes sense, though. Yeah. So, honestly, I don't know what to think. I'm, I think it was probably the two of them together equally. I'm just, re- I'm really not sure. Well, her boyfriend, Brian? James. James. Sorry. Name's mixed up. Brian. The guy with the thing on his neck. For James, you know, we don't know too much about him. I mean... It, this 100% could have just been all a group effort mm-hmm. with how detailed the um, notes were and everything. I I don't I mean, I agree with the Mar- Marjorie is a little too scatterbrained for the whole thing. Yeah. And, and I think um, I think I forgot to put it in my notes, but I guess the handwriting on the notes that were given to Brian. Yeah. Like handwriting analytics they could not get any because i'm really interested in handwriting analytics about how like you can take a writing sample from someone and you can tell if they're right or left-handed you can tell their personality um you can tell certain things about their mental state Mm -hmm. by the way they write i think it's all really really interesting yeah it's it's kind of junk science because it's not 100 percent real yeah like but it's still really interesting to me it is super interesting Apparently, handwriting analysis got nothing on it because it was just so, like, uniform, perfect that, like, they were like, we can't tell anything about this person based on the handwriting. Hmm. Which kind of leads me to think it may have been Bill that wrote the notes. Yeah. Because Marjorie's scattered brain would have shown on paper. Yeah. So it's just, I don't know. I think the maybe the bones of the plan came from Marjorie and Bill just kind of built mm-hmm. up around them and then put his own flair on it yeah um anyway marjorie was sentenced to life plus 30 years she was actually tried in court for this okay and she was sentenced in february 2011 i don't know how somehow she ended up in a federal prison in texas because <laughs> um, originally she was serving in yeah. pennsylvania um she died of breast cancer in 2017 oh so, uh, Kenneth Barnes pled guilty. Uh, it was part of the whole yeah. agreement in 2008. And he was sentenced to 45 years in prison. Okay. Um, after his testimony against Marjorie during her trial mm-hmm. uh, secured her conviction, a judge cut his sentence in half. Oh. Which is a lot, but yeah. a judge cut his sentence down. Uh, so then his release date was actually set for September 2027. Oh, okay. He died in 2019. 
Oh. Um. I mean, dude was a crack addict, so who knows what actually killed him? Apparently, he was also like diabetic, but like a raging diabetic, like not not handling it well. A lot of health complications. Yeah. A couple places, kind of, they say his actual cause of death was unknown, but like. It's it's kind of a lot of people think it was complications due to his diabetes. I was gonna say if you're doing drugs and diabetic, and mm-hmm. you probably ain't doing too hot. Yeah. So actually, while he was on the stand to, uh-huh. uh, testifying against Marjorie, uh, they asked why he came forward and like mm-hmm. why he was doing this, and his reason. I don't know how much I believe his reasoning, or like if he was coached on this answer because you know witnesses get yeah. coached. Um, the reason he said was that, you know, I'm diabetic. I'm not doing well. I have to shoot up with insulin twice a day. I'm battling a drug addiction. I have this weighing on my soul. I just want to be right. He's like, I know I'm going to die soon. It's just, it's going to happen. Um, I want to be right with God before I die. I mean, that sounds a little embellished. Kind of. But also, like, he was, he was really sick. Um, I was going to say, but if he was really sick and he's like, dude, the worst I've done is sell crack. (laughs) (laughs) The worst I've done is sell crack. He also claimed that he wasn't actually going to follow through on the hitman thing. He was just going to take the money and disappear and like be a millionaire somewhere. But he's like, man, I smoked too much of my own product. That never would have (laughs) worked. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I feel... I, I kind of feel bad for the guy. All he wanted right. to do was smoke crap. Live his life. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't know. <laughs> Live your life. Do it as healthy as you can. Join the Macros Inc. page on Facebook. Okay, so there's there's one last weird like twist in this. What? Thing. There's another twist. The, with a twist. One? It's weird. So, this man, after Marjorie died in 2017, yeah. this dude comes forward and he says, I am her husband and I want her remains. Excuse me? So, he said that. What? He was actually her common law husband. I don't know how. So, common law is this weird kind of thing that, like,. Don't you have to like live with them I swear, for so I long? I thought you had to you, live together. Per- and actually, Washington State uh, does not have common law. You actually have to file as um, legal. Legally. Oh, man. What is it called? A legal domestic partnership. Oh, is Washington State's version of common law. Yeah. But it's still like a certificate. So that uh, at that point, it's like basically married, it's a piece of paper yeah. the same way marriage is a piece of paper. So um, anyway, he claimed he was her common law husband and um, he he uh, kind of made accusations that he thought she wasn't actually dead. Uh, we're pretty sure we watched her. Then it, it died. It's weird. So he says he met her through mail. Um, met her through you can meet somebody through mail. Uh, yeah, I guess he was helping a couple of inmates around her, like with legal issues. Dude wasn't a lawyer, so I don't know what he was doing for him. Uh, but okay. through this, he met her. Claimed they were common law. I'm pretty. I I. I'm pretty sure that can't be 
possible? Yeah, I don't think so. But also on top of that, remember, she's in Texas. This dude's in New York. So like. Definitely not. Because I also think you have to file taxes jointly. I don't uh, know why I'm thinking I that. don't think so. Not in common law. But you can take advantage of some stuff. So you can choose to file mm. jointly. And it depends on the, every state's a little different. Crap, I need to go to law. Common law. Um. <laughs> relationships you can add them on to like your health insurance and stuff like that legally mm-hmm. uh, that's the main reason a lot of people do common law or they are in a legal domestic partnership mm-hmm. um a girl i know works for the airlines and she actually is in a legal domestic partnership with her boyfriend so that he can get better flight benefits hey if any of you guys are pilot like pilots or uh whatever else gets flight benefits else pretty she's looking i'm 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 kind of cute. <laughs> kind of cute. And I like to travel. We actually, I think we may have some pilots that listen to us. Hey. My friend's husband was listening to us, I think, while he was training. Oh. Um. So if any of his friends still listen, like. Hair flip. Hit us up. There's pictures of both of us on the website. I'm taken, but that was oh. cute. <laughs> We're not using this to like sell, like, I'm not doing that. I am single um, and cute though. <laughs> and actually, at the end, uh, I will. I'll tell you something about feedback we got on the website. But, oh, so this dude, he oh, kind of yeah. he kind of gives this weird ultimatum. Ultimatum <laughs> for yeah. somebody who's dead. Okay, so he was like, either she's not actually dead and you're lying, or she's dead and you can give me her remains. No question mark? basically he's petitioned like several times to like federal courts and every time the federal court is like dude, why dude we already buried her why does he want her so bad he claims that so he's a quaker he claims that marjorie is also a quaker and that she needs a proper quaker burial in a proper quaker cemetery and that's why he wants to bring her to where he is I don't think it works like that. I don't I don't think he I can, don't think she's a Quaker. I don't think she's a Quaker either. Yeah. I don't think no. This poor dude. I don't I don't I know. I think he's delusional, just as delusional as she was and crazy as she was. Yeah. So that's kind of it for this story. Like I said, there's a doc uh Netflix documentary called Evil Genius. I have not watched it, but I saw a trailer. It looks really interesting. It looks oh. really good, so I'll probably add it to my queue. Um, there's also randomly one more guy that they mentioned in a lot oh of God. articles. Yeah. His name is Floyd Stockton Jr. Floyd Stockton. Floyd Stockton Jr. Stock- I feel like you need to like say that with a weird, like, <clears throat> like in the back of your throat. Oh. S- s- nope. Can't I've do got, it. I've got too much in my throat already. <laughs> I can't do it. Um, I don't understand what part he played because he was like a blip. In all these articles, it looks like he was Bill's roommate. What a twist! <laughs> and, and maybe he was supposed to uh, testify something about like Bill being shady and having a body. I'm not sure. Okay, wait. If my if I if I was somebody's roommate, <laughs> they were acting shady and talking about a body, <laughs> or like just. When I open up the freezer and there's a body. You're like, I want some breakfast burritos. Let's go to the freezer. That's not a breakfast burrito. <laughs> that's a foot. Uh, how do you have a roommate 
I don't know. And hide a body in the freezer. I'm telling you, there wasn't a whole lot of information on this guy. His name just popped up a couple times. I think, I think he was supposed to testify. There was something I saw about he had a stroke. Um, And he wasn't able to. So, like, I just want to mention him because I saw his name out there. I might, maybe if you watch the documentary, they go more into this dude, but I don't know. There's also randomly one of the articles was like, we think he lives in Washington. So, this Floyd Stockton dude, if you're listening, tell us what you know about Bill, because I'd be interested to know. Yeah. Was he shady or was he just... Of course he was shady. He had a dead body in his freezer. As shady as a cloudy day. Oh, <laughs> Lord. I'm trying to think of things that are shady. <laughs> cloudy day is not shady. There's nothing to put shade out. Oh, fuck. <laughs> you tried. <laughs> you tried and you're pretty. <laughs> <laughs> At least I have one thing going for me. Yeah. Um, now you're laughing anyway, so that's the end of the story. Um, I've gotten feedback from a couple of different people about something I put on the website. Oh no. So a couple of people have commented about, um, I kind of put a a little blip about the way we met Yeah. and I thought it would just be fun to like elaborate on that story a little bit because a couple of people have asked for more details. So, um, no, we did not meet (laughs) like... The first day we met, we went sky. We did not go skydiving. That was um, like the next week. <laughs> it was well, like we we met um, through some church friends, but then like yeah. I, Ellen, I clicked really quickly. It was like we hung out in a group like all day. We were out for like five hours yeah. doing this art walk thing. Yeah, and then we kind of talked during the art walk, but and it then- was after i was like the last one you dropped off yeah because we lived kind of close together yeah and, and we stood outside talking for like another five hours it was like another five i was hours. starving by the time i got home <laughs> and it was dark and like it was fun so a few days after that i texted l because um i was supposed to go skydiving with a different friend and they bailed on me And I asked her if she wanted to go, and she thought I meant indoor. Yeah, well, that's how I got to go do it, because my mom, my mother, thought I was doing indoor skydiving. And she's like, oh, yeah, that's fine, as long as you're not jumping out of a plane. No, we jumped out of planes. No, we jumped out of a plane, and I almost cried that day. (laughs) But it was so much fun. It was fun after I got out of the plane. Well, after you were on the ground, because... No, during during the falling, you were freaking out the whole way, the whole way up, up. And then as soon as we jumped out of the plane, I was fine. Yeah, which is really weird. (coughs) No, because I'm the same way. Like I don't like heights, but like when you're sitting there hanging out the door, that's kind of a freaky feeling. Yeah, that was the worst. I was actually I was kind of okay on the plane. I'm not gonna lie. I started freaking out when we went to jump out of the plane, and I legitimately i hope this who the dude who we were with never listens to this i was scared out of my mind and i backed him up into the back of the plane i was so scared 
Yeah. Because we did tandem, so we were both strapped to instructors. Yeah, there's no way I would have jumped out of that plane by myself. Yeah, so her instructor was like inching her towards the door. And it was she got to the door, looked down, and this is all on video. It's great. It's actually I still have it. What? You have the whole thing? (laughs) I do. Um so she gets to the door, she looks down, and you can just see this look on her face and she's like, No, no, no. And she starts backing backing up. up. And so I was blacking the dude up. He had his arms on the doorway. She was backing up so forcefully. She ripped his hands off the doorway. (laughs) I was so scared. But uh, he said he would refund Crystal if I didn't enjoy myself. Yeah. And so I was like, fine, let's go. But he also said, um, I don't get paid if you don't jump. Yeah. No, he didn't say that. No. Yeah. He said, I don't get paid if you don't jump. And so he's like, so we're jumping. And he's like close your eyes the whole way down then and i was like fuck so i closed my eyes we jumped out of the plane and you loved it you had so it was much really fun, fun once you were out the door once i was out of the door yeah it's the the art of falling that i can't do yeah but um that was like a week after we met and she's still here guys yeah <laughs> i'm just you know it's fine that's just kind of how things go <laughs> it really is that um she's here on the podcast because of me Yep. But yep. we love having her and we like being here together. Oh yeah, definitely. But That's I fun. had a, I had a couple people who like were um saying how crazy you are for like me bringing you there and then you still doing it <laughs> because <laughs> it was like so on top of this you got it was like a two and a half hour drive out to the place yeah so we stopped there was during the fair we stopped at the fair and she was like warming me up to the idea because she's like i didn't i remember you saying i don't think you know we're actually jumping out of a yeah, plane yeah i was like do you understand that we're actually jumping out of planes and you thought i was joking i did and i was like oh that's fine whatever okay cool sure whatever and then we're driving and i was like this is a really long drive yeah legitimate quote by me this is a really long drive (laughs) that's where the place is and then like we got out of the car and it's a this short little one-story building and I think you were still like I was like yeah sure is it supposed to be really tall for us to get in the thing like yeah I I was really confused and then and then um, and and I thought it would be fine honestly when you yeah and then the guy came out to greet us when we got there and he was like oh there's a jump going right now so you look up and I think that's when it hit you because you could see the tiny plane with the dots jumping out yeah that hit me and then I was like oh damn we're gonna be jumping on a plane and I tried to psych myself up for it really hard yeah i really did and it just and i was i was pretty okay up until he's like all right i'm strapping you to me and we're jumping out yeah. of this plane and i was like no no no, no. I'm yeah because all the straps they're like tightening them and it was legitimately when he was tightening tightening the straps that i really started i was just like oh my god oh my god like <laughs> my brain just went into fight or flight mode and i picked fight apparently because i was not falling out of that plane and then you picked flight and you flew <laughs> legitimately but it was great it was fun it was fun we learned a lot about each other we bonded real good yeah those who if, if you have a best friend go skydiving with them do it it really brings the friendship together yep or it'll tear you apart because you're i don't know but- it worked for us. It did. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, then, isn't it like a few months after that, we went to the Moon 5 concert? No, a few yeah. months after that. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. My mom actually pointed it out. She's like, 
when you guys first met, you guys just did a bunch of eventful things. I think that's why your guys' friendship is really solid. Yeah. (laughs) We bonded over a lot of stuff. And then, like, you moved away for a few years, but we're still fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. And now you're back. Distance makes sense. And I like having you here. I like being here. Yeah. Randomly. So, uh, like, Elle moved away. And we used to live within, like, five miles of each other. This is how scary our relationship is and how there has to be There's a something. higher being so that she, does this shit. She moved out of state for school. I ended up moving to a different place just to uh, live somewhere different. So I'd still stayed in the area. Um, it's about 40 miles from where the city I used to live in. And we're 40 and miles from the city I used to live in because we lived in the same city. And her parents moved. While he was in college. While she was gone, they bought a house that's, I think it's about five miles away, maybe a little more, because you're about 15 minutes from yeah, me now. It's kind of scary. It's like yeah. the same distance almost. A little bit further, and there's more lights between yeah. us now. But like, yeah. But it's weird. It's crazy. It's weird. <laughs> so And uh, it worked out. Yeah. So we've just kind of been in each other's lives. Yeah. But I was thin. I just wanted to tell that story because I know not everyone's looked at the website. Oh, but yeah. I've gotten feedback from multiple people that are like, wow, your friendship sounds so cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's because we jumped out of a plane together. <laughs> yeah. And the guys who we jumped off with were really cute. <laughs> yeah, they were really cute. Very. Mine was I was actually really I mean, I thought it was really funny that the height of them were like almost equal to our height. Mm-hmm. Do they, they were both kind of shorter. Yeah. Well, my guy was, like, almost the same height as me. Yeah. I think mine was a little taller. Yeah. He was a little taller than you. I remember that. Wow. Yeah. I have, like, this really weird thing where I I have, like, an elephant memory. For, like, random things. For the most random ass shit. It's not fun. Yeah. (laughs) Because then I need to remember important things and I don't. (laughs) (laughs) It's called selective memory. (laughs) Anyway. It's a mental illness thing. It's a mental illness thing. (laughs) It's like a PTSD (coughs) thing, I'm pretty sure. But uh, thanks for listening, guys. Thank you for dealing with us. <laughs> Hopefully you enjoyed the pizza bombing story and you learned a little bit. I, my mind kind of, <laughs> wow, I'm really screwed up for laughing at this. My head like exploded from, because <laughs> he had a That's thing what I was his... thinking of the whole time. Like His neck. Sad. But like, <laughs> I don't know. It turned out to be so much more complicated than I thought the story would be. I thought it was going to be really straightforward and something to do with pizza more to do with pizza not the pizza delivery guy right it seemed weirdly named i i think i think i should be in charge of naming cases like as in like just not especially back then we should rename them i mean some things are known by like 20 different names so this one needs a name change though yeah i don't know we'll see whatever i'm gonna rename it um (laughs) Connect with us on Instagram at Alternative Interest Podcast. Uh, send us emails. It is almost uh, October. <gasps> I kind of want to do some cute, like spooky story stuff. Yes. Um, I have a actually. Let's do a, uh, uh, an episode with ghost stories. I love ghost stories. They're so fun, but they scare me so bad. <laughs> uh, we'll make sure all the lights are on. It's fine. <laughs> 
I have a fun ghost story that I will tell. Um, I would love it. I love people's ghost stories. So send us some ghost stories. Send us ghost stories because I don't have good ones. I only have funny ones. <laughs> I mean, funny ones work too. I know. We can, we can get some funny ones to like break up the spooky. Okay. Um, I, I just, Halloween this year is going to be sad. Check out our website. You can see cute pictures of us on the day we went skydiving. Yeah. And you can give me, oh wait, email us. Yeah. Email us at alternativeinterestpodcast at gmail.com. Um, we will see you next time, guys. See you next time. Bye. Bye.